This is the Mathematics Education Podcast from MathEdPodcast.com. Welcome to the Math Ed Podcast. My name is Sam Otten from the University of Missouri, and my guest today is Dr. Aaron Turner, who's an associate professor in the Department of Teaching, Learning, and Sociocultural Studies at the University of Arizona. Aaron, thanks for coming back on the podcast. My pleasure. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Aaron's article that will be appearing very soon in Volume 9 of the Journal of Urban Mathematics Education, and that article is entitled, Learning to Leverage Children's Multiple Mathematical Knowledge Bases in Mathematics Instruction. So we're going to dig basically fully into this article, and I wanted to start, Aaron, by just asking you to give us the background about the National Science Foundation project from which this study originated and the team that you have working on this study. Absolutely. So this study is part of a larger research initiative, which we've called Teach Math, and that stands for Teachers Empowered to Advance Change in Mathematics. And it's an NSF-funded project that is currently completing its sixth and final year. And the goal of Teach Math was to, to research and really transform elementary mathematics teacher preparation programs and specifically elementary mathematics methods courses so that teachers are prepared with strategies to increase mathematics learning for culturally and linguistically diverse students and the team of PIs that I've worked with on Teach Math includes Corey Drake who is the lead PI and then myself Amy Roth McDuffie, Mary Foote, Julia Aguirre and Tanya Bartel. And in addition, in this particular article, we collaborated with Kathy Storr, who was a graduate student researcher on the Teach Math Project and then a postdoctoral scholar who worked on the project. So this paper just reports on one of the analyses that we did related to that broader initiative. Mm-hmm. And so this article that's going to be coming in the Journal of Urban Mathematics Education, it examines how pre-service teachers draw on students' or children's knowledge bases as the pre-service teachers are making instructional decisions for those students. So I was wondering if, first of all, you could tell us about the assignment that um, there were these pre-service teachers completing an assignment at several different universities. So what was the assignment that they were doing, first of all, with regard to the case study children? So as part of Teach Math, we developed a series of instructional modules for elementary math methods courses. And one of them was a math learning case study in which pre-service teachers selected a child from their field applications classroom to work with over a series of weeks during the semester. And we asked pre-service teachers specifically to choose a child that differed from them in one or more social cultural ways, so child a child that had a different linguistic background, a child that came from a different community, a child that came from a different racial or ethnic group. And we also suggested that pre-service teachers chose children that were not known as or identified as the strongest mathematics students in the classroom, but rather students that might struggle or students that the teachers might be wondering about or want to learn more about relative to mathematics. Pre-service teachers selected a student and then participated in a variety of activities with that student over the course of, of multiple weeks of the semester. They first 
conducted what we call the getting to know you interview with the child. And in that mm -hmm. interview, they ask about family activities, after school activities. They found out about the children's interests and the kinds of places that children tended to go after school and on the weekend. They found out about the activities that children engaged in with friends, leisure activities, and daily home and family practices. And they also dialogued with the child about mathematics and what the child viewed as his or her strengths in mathematics, the areas where they wanted to work more, and just their ideas about mathematics as a discipline. And following that getting to know you interview, the pre-service teachers conducted one or more problem solving interviews with the child. And in those interviews, which resembled fairly traditional um, CGI or cognitively guided instruction type interviews where you pose a child and pose a problem to the child, sorry, and ask the child to solve it in any way that makes sense. We provided the pre-service teachers with a set of problems to work from and then they selected problems and they selected number choices that they thought were appropriate for their child. So they worked on various operations, they worked on multi-digit numbers, they worked with fractions, and in some cases pre-service teachers worked with the child a couple of times and in other cases they did one extended problem-solving interview. Wow, so then after they've had these interactions in a variety of ways with the case study child, you then have them do this additional piece, right, where they have to talk about instructional suggestions for that child? Yes, and in addition to the interviews that I just described, we also encourage them to observe the child informally over the course of this project so that mm. they see the child in mathematics lessons. They also watch the child at lunch or in extracurricular activities, basically any other opportunity they have to notice the child's strengths and the child's ways of interacting and the child's interests. And then at the end of all of that, we ask the pre-service teacher to generate instructional suggestions. So uh, a okay. set of next steps for the child that they think would be appropriate given all that they've learned. We give the pre-service teachers the explicit instruction to draw across the various experiences that they've had with the child. We don't want them to attend only to what they learned when the child was solving a multiplication problem. We really want them to think about what they observed with the child, what they learned through the getting to know you interview, how they mm -hmm. saw the child interacting in math lessons, etc. So then in this study, you analyzed the pre-service teacher's instructional suggestions, but as you just said, they could have been drawing from a lot of different things that they learned and came to know about the child. Tell us about the framework of multiple mathematical knowledge bases, because this was the framework that you used to kind of make sense of the data and to look at what the pre-service teachers were drawing on. Yes, and this framework again comes from our broader work in the Teach Math Project, and basically we've looked at multiple activities with pre-service teachers through this lens, and we use multiple mathematical knowledge bases to refer to the understandings, the practices, and the experiences that children bring with them to the classroom that have the potential to both shape their mathematics learning and potentially support their mathematics learning. And we include as part of children's multiple mathematical knowledge bases both what we often refer to in math education as children's mathematical thinking, so the strategies that they may use, their understandings about number, and the kinds of representations that might be helpful or tools that might be helpful in supporting their learning. 
And as well, we include other knowledge bases. So knowledge bases that have been the focus of a lot of work in the Funds of Knowledge project. So we think about cultural, home, and community experiences and practices that children might have participated in that also have the potential to support their mathematics learning. So for example, there might be things that families do at home that contain mathematical ideas or involve mathematical ways of thinking, and insofar as children participate in those activities, they then will bring mathematical knowledge from those activities to the classroom that is another knowledge base that teachers can leverage and connect to in their teaching. And my sense when you're using that word knowledge is that it's a pretty broad version of knowledge. Like it's not just knowledge in terms of facts and information that's sort of in their mind. It's also the experiences themselves that have a mathematical connection or have some mathematical insight from them. Absolutely. So we include experiences, we include practices, activities, anything that really might be the basis of understandings about mathematics for the child. My guest is Erin Turner from the University of Arizona. We're talking about her article, Learning to Leverage Children's Multiple Mathematical Knowledge Bases in Mathematics Instruction. So now that you've looked at the pre-service teachers, and first of all, I should mention that these pre-service teachers came from a variety of institutions, right? Yes. In fact, that was one of our primary goals in the Teach Math Project, was to develop and implement these instructional modules across different university contexts so that we could learn about pre-service teachers in a variety of settings and use what we learned to refine those modules over time. And so in this particular analysis, we drew on pre-service teachers from five different institutions. Okay. So now if we can dig into some of what you found, you were really looking at what did the pre-service teachers draw on when they were making instructional suggestions about the case study children. So first of all, did you find some things that confirmed past research or anything that was kind of confirmatory in terms of the broader research literature? We did. So the first thing that we did is in all of the instructional suggestions that the pre-service teachers made, we pulled out the specific tasks that they posed for students. And more specifically, we looked at all the contextualized tasks. And I just want to note that because there were other instructional suggestions that pre-service teachers made that we did not include in this analysis, but were quite interesting and, and quite insightful based on what they learned about the child. So things like suggested ways of grouping the child or ways of using language or using multiple languages with the child. All of those more general suggestions we've analyzed separately, but for this particular analysis, we took just the contextualized tasks, which often resembled word problems or kind of contextualized math activities that the pre-service teachers would propose for their case study student. And once we had those set of tasks, the first thing that we did was we looked for evidence of how they used what they learned about children's mathematical thinking to inform those contextualized tasks. And we found that what pre-service teachers did relative to children's mathematical thinking largely confirmed what we know from prior research. That mm -hmm. when pre-service teachers had the opportunity to learn about, for example, particular strategies that a child might use for multiplication or particular models that seem to support the child's understanding of equal groups or partitioning groups, the pre-service teacher drew on those specific understandings about the child's thinking to design follow-up tasks. 
We also mm. found that they thought quite carefully about numbers. And so if they realized that a child had a facility with multi-digit numbers and could think about hundreds and tens and ones, for example, they built that into the future tasks that they designed. And so we did not report in this paper in depth on the kinds of things that they did relative to children's authentical thinking because for the most part it confirmed what we already know from prior research, that given scaffolded experiences and given opportunities to work with children, particularly individually around their mathematical thinking, pre-service teachers actually can notice things about children's thinking and they can use what they notice to generate follow-up instructional tasks. And so in our paper, there's a very short section devoted to those findings, mainly because we did not want to just reiterate things that we, we already know from other research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard if you have, you know, word limits to spend it on that. But I, I think it is good in terms of our field. It's good to hear that some findings are robust and that you can find them in a lot of different contexts. So that's good to at least mention, I think. Absolutely. And I think it's also quite hopeful that this is a practice, the connections to children's authentical thinking, that is quite accessible to pre-service teachers. And so we know a lot now about what we need to do in methods courses, the kinds of experiences that pre-service teachers need to have so that they can enter novice teaching with these skills. Mm -hmm. So now pushing into um, the new findings that you have using the multiple mathematical knowledge bases framework, what was it that you found when you used that lens to look at the data? Part of the multiple mathematical knowledge bases framework was actually this attention to how they drew on what they knew about children's thinking. The other part was how they drew upon other sorts of knowledge about the child. So knowledge of the child's home activities, out of school activities, cultural practices, etc. And that analysis is actually the focus of the findings we report in this paper. And we found that when we looked at the pre-service teachers explanations for why they contextualized the tasks in the way that they did, we found that there were basically four different ways that they drew on knowledge about the child's experiences at home and outside of school. And the first category, uh, which was actually the most prevalent category in our finding, was actually that they drew on assumptions about the child, that they did not draw on any specific knowledge of their case study student, but rather focused on things they thought all second graders might like, or things that were, from their perspective, universally attractive or of interest to children in their particular school or in their particular community. So basically, they were making assumptions and drawing on this generalized knowledge about children. And they did that mainly by starting with fairly typical word problems, so the kinds of word problems that one might find in a traditional textbook, and swapping out the problem context or the names of the children mentioned in the problem for names or context that they assumed or thought might be of interest to their child. However, all three of the other categories in our findings all represent ways that pre-service teachers did draw on specific knowledge about their case study student, either their student's interests or activities or the kinds of practices that that child engaged in outside of school with their family or with friends. And so we, we see it as quite hopeful that while there were a fair number of instances where pre-service teachers were relying on assumptions, in approximately 60% of the cases they did in fact draw on specific knowledge about the child. And we found that there were three different ways that they did that. 
One was they had knowledge of familiar activities to the child. So the child liked to play football, for example, or the child was in a certain club after school. And they used objects or other kinds of markers of that activity to build a context for a task. And most often, these tasks also resembled fairly typical word problems. But when pre-service teachers swapped the context, they did so using specific information about their case study student. And in many cases, they even justified that decision based on what they observed in their classroom when their teacher made similar kinds of adaptations. So they saw specifically that when the child solved a problem about playing soccer, for example, that child was more engaged and more interested because soccer was something the child was interested in. Therefore, they made similar kinds of adjustments when they made their instructional suggestions. And in the third and fourth categories, which is where we see the most hope and the most evidence of real connections or meaningful connections to children's funds of knowledge, pre-service teachers connected to practices that they learned that their case study child engaged in. So in the third category, what happened was pre-service teachers learned about the kinds of things that kids did after school with their families or on the weekend, and the pre-service teachers imagined the ways that families might use mathematics as part of that activity. And so we found a sort of layering of mathematics on top of family activities or family practices or a kind of mathematization of those practices. And in some cases, pre-service teachers did not talk specifically with children about how they used mathematics when they were out at dinner, for example, or how a family was using mathematics to plan a quinceanera celebration for a child. But pre-service teachers talked with one another and imagined themselves the mathematics that might be involved. And so there was a real effort to connect to practices that children were engaged in. And the final category, which was the smallest category in our findings, reflected cases when pre-service teachers not only learned about the practices that children participated in outside of school, but they also learned about the actual mathematics that children and families did as part of those practices. So we had several examples where for example, a child talked about allowance practices in that child's family and the way that the child kept track of a running total of allowance and kept track of spend, what the child spent and kept track of what money came in. And the pre-service teachers built instructional tasks around that family allowance practice. And other examples included connections to family work practices that children participated in. So for example, one child helped a father paint on the weekends and had experiences with measuring paint and mixing paint and estimating the amount of paint that was needed. And so the pre-service teacher built tasks that connected to those practices. Very nice. And I encourage listeners to um, check out the paper when it is available in the Journal of Urban Mathematics Education um, to see those illustrations because I think that is a nice contribution. You also mentioned earlier about how part of the goal was to really explore these um, techniques and these um, experiences with the pre-service teachers in a variety of contexts. So I was wondering if you had any insights or if you and the team saw interesting or important differences between different sites or maybe between just different individuals at those sites. Yes. So this was actually a second layer of our analysis. And 
We have quite helpful reviewers to thank for this, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, we initially mm -hmm. looked at pre-service teachers across the six sites, but did not differentiate between those at each site. And in this second layer of analysis, we differentiated between the five sites, and we also looked for potential differences between pre-service teachers of different racial and ethnic backgrounds, or between pre-service teachers that worked with students from different racial or ethnic backgrounds. And what we found was quite interesting. We found very notable differences between sites. For example, at a couple of the sites, pre-service teachers were much more likely to pose tasks at the lowest level, so what we call category one tasks, which are tasks based on assumptions, and category two tasks, which are tasks that are based on specific knowledge of the child, but just knowledge of the child's interests or activities, no connections to practices. And at other sites, so two other sites in particular, pre-service teachers were much less likely to pose those lower level tasks and more likely to pose tasks at the highest levels, levels three and four. And this is all detailed in the paper, but the, these differences across sites obviously prompted a lot of questions for us and we wanted to better understand what might be behind those differences. And that's what led us to look at the data in a lot of different ways. And we found that the differences really can't be explained by differences in the background of the pre-service teachers. So for example, there were some sites, um, a couple of sites that had predominantly pre-service teachers from white European backgrounds. And those sites in one case posed lower level tasks and another case posed higher level tasks. And so there was not a clear alignment between the background of the pre-service teacher and the level of tasks that were posed. And we found similar things with a couple of sites that had a more racial and ethnically diverse group of pre-service teachers. In one case, those pre-service teachers posed low level tasks. And in another case, they posed much higher level tasks. So we also looked at the data in terms of the students and while most of our pre-service teacher participants were from white European backgrounds, pre-service teachers, as I noted earlier, worked with a diverse range of, of students. And so we had white pre-service teachers working with white students. We had white pre-service teachers working with Latino students or African-American students or students from other non-white European backgrounds. And the reverse was also true. We had pre-service teachers that were Latina pre-service teachers working with Latino students or working with white European background students. And we formed subcategories based on these pairings and examined the data to see if there were any differences. So did it seem to matter if a pre-service teacher worked with a student that came from a similar racial ethnic background or not, for example? Or did we notice any difference among the white pre-service teachers of whether they worked with a white student or a non-white student? And again, we found that this did not seem to make a difference. That if we looked across all of those subgroups, tasks at lower levels were posed with similar frequency and tasks at higher levels were posed with similar frequencies. So it, it brought us back to how do we then explain these differences among the sites. One other analysis that we did as part of understanding these differences was we looked at the data by just the child. So kind of removing the pre-service teacher from the equation, we looked at all of the students that 
participated in this analysis, that were part of this analysis, and examined the categories of tasks that were posed for students from different racial and ethnic groups. And here we did find a notable difference. Um, and hmm. basically, we found that students that were from white or European backgrounds were slightly less likely to receive tasks that were based on assumptions about what would be of interest to them or what would be relevant to them. And children from Latino backgrounds were slightly more likely to receive those lower level tasks that were based on assumptions. And hmm. the reverse was true for the higher level tasks, that these higher level tasks were more common with the white European background students and less common with the Latino students. And what hmm. we found is that those differences could also be explained by the differences between sites. So just as an example, we found that white students were more represented at sites where the pre-service teachers were posing higher level tasks. And so the patterns that we saw with students from different backgrounds generally mirrored the pattern that was already established at that site. And the same was true for Latino students. Latino students were overrepresented at the sites where pre-service teachers overall tended to pose lower level tasks. And so these differences in the problems received by students from different groups seem to map quite nicely onto these overall differences between the sites. And, and so returning to our analysis of the differences among sites, we looked more closely at how this module was implemented at each site. As I mentioned previously, we were all working from the same general instructional module and the same general set of experiences. But because of differences in our mathematics methods courses at each site, the enactment of the module varied quite notably. And we found mm -hmm. that in some cases, the instructors spread the experiences over the course of a 15-week semester so that pre-service teachers might select a child in week two or three, conduct a getting-to-know-you interview in week five, do problem-solving interviews over the next three weeks, continue to observe the child and shadow the child for a few more weeks, and then the final report, which included these instructional suggestions, was not completed until the final week of the semester. And we found that the two sites that had the highest representation of Category 3 and 4 tasks, so tasks that connected to actual practices of the child and the family, those two sites were also the sites that implemented the assignment over the course of the entire semester. And so we conjecture that those extended experiences with children or those extended opportunities to interact with children and to observe them in informal spaces, even outside of the actual activities included in the assignment, that those more informal interactions over time could have made a difference for those pre-service teachers. When we look at the sites that had, or the one site that had the lowest level of problems, we find a very different implementation of the module. So at that particular site where pre-service teachers were most likely to pose tasks based on assumptions, the entire assignment was completed in four weeks. The pre-service teachers selected a child, they conducted the getting to know you interview, 
they did two problem solving interviews and the fourth week the write-up with the instructional suggestions was due and so those pre-service teachers had a very compacted set of opportunities to interact with the child and didn't have these informal interactions over the course of the semester and we conjecture that that may have made it more likely that they base their instructional suggestions on assumptions in cases um, because they simply did not have the time to get to know the child that some of the other pre-service teachers did. We also okay. found differences in terms of the, the age and kind of positioning of students at these different sites. So at the site with the highest representation of higher level tasks, that site was unique among all the institutions in that those students were master students. So they already have completed a bachelor's degree and they're coming back to school for a teacher certification master's program. And in many cases, they've had other life experiences in between. They've worked in other fields and are returning to school. And that was very different from the sites where pre-service teachers tended to pose lower level tasks it was much more the case that those sites catered to traditional undergraduate students coming into college straight out of high school without a broader range of life experiences in between. And so we conjecture in the paper, and these really are all conjectures and things that we think would warrant much further research and, and really important further research, but we conjecture that these other factors such as how these modules are implemented across time and the number of informal interactions that are allowed as part of the the module might matter and we also conjecture that pre-service teachers that come to this experience with a broader range of life experiences themselves whether it be because of age or because of their personal immigration stories and their exposure to different cultures and different languages, but that that might position pre-service teachers very nicely to learn about children and learn about their practices and to start to connect to those practices in their plans for instruction. Mm -hmm. So some future directions there, and I also wanted to just ask you to step back and just reflect on the study overall, dealing with mathematics instruction that connects to and draws on children's experiences and tying those to, the, to what they can do mathematically and moving them forward based on these multiple mathematical knowledge bases. Uh, it's a very important area and a challenging area in the field, and I was wondering if this study has, first of all, given you some hope, and you've mentioned a few things um, that seemed hopeful, but I was wondering if you could kind of put those in a nutshell for us. What's hopeful that you've gotten from this study, but then also what still remains as a significant challenge or a significant barrier in terms of making progress in this area? So I think it's hopeful that in most cases, pre-service teachers were being responsive to the child in their plans for instruction, that they were attending to specifics about the child, valuing what they learned about the child, and they were starting to develop this disposition as teachers that they need to learn about their students because what their students bring is valuable and is a resource that they can then build on in instruction. And in some cases they did this in more superficial ways as we've seen, but that disposition to pay attention to children, to value what children bring, particularly children that come from communities that are historically underrepresented and marginalized in mathematics, we see is very important and something that gives us a lot of hope about the future of these teachers working in very diverse settings. And we think that even when some of the 
connections that they made to activities or even to practices were sometimes tenuous or may have involved some imagining on their part of what the mathematics was as part of the practice. Just the fact that they were paying attention to children's mm -hmm. experiences outside of school and thinking about the kinds of things that families did from a resource-based lens as something I want to know about as a teacher, this is something I want to connect to, versus from what we have traditionally seen as a very deficit-based lens of all the things that, that families don't do to help children, we found that that mm -hmm. resource-based perspective, even when the connections weren't ideal all the time, is really helpful. Because again, it suggests to us a particular orientation towards children and families that we see as very productive and is something that we want teachers to bring as they enter education, as they begin their novice career teaching. Um, and we think that these kinds of scaffolded experiences that the module provided were really important in helping pre-service teachers to start to orient to children in those ways. We have found in our broader work that pre-service teachers are generally very open to the idea of connecting to children in their teaching. They all think this is a fabulous practice. They want to be relevant. Mm -hmm. They want to be engaging. And yet they lack specifics about what that actually means when you're teaching mathematics. And so we see this module as providing kind of an opening to that practice in a way that's specific and tangible and grounded in the daily practices of teachers. So teachers on a daily basis have to notice children, interact with children, and come up with instructional responses based on what they notice. And so we tried to ground this in this daily work of teaching with the hope that this disposition and these emerging practices can carry forward. All of that said, there is clearly still a lot of work to do. And one of the exciting things that for us came out of this cross-site analysis is that it points to, from our perspective, the benefit of these multi-institution collaborations where we can think very carefully about instructional features or institutional structures or characteristics of field experiences that might help preservers teachers to advance in this practice. And so when we only study one context, it makes us harder to point out features of that context that might be supporting the work in particular ways. And so we really hope that to advance this work, people can explore, or as a field, we can explore these multi-institution studies so that we can continue to identify supportive features of different programs. My guest has been Aaron Turner from the University of Arizona, and this study will be appearing this summer in Volume 9 of the Journal of Urban Mathematics Education. Aaron, thanks so much for taking time out to speak with us about your work. Oh, you're welcome.